Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, May 12th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Jr. Joining me is Imran, the Don Khan. Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk. It's a great day. It's a great it's, day today. It's a great day and a great name. It is also a great name. Yes. Hawk is your last name. Yeah. That's, is that his real name? Do we know? That's it. a good question because I've always yeah Kevin get on that because I've always assumed Tony Hawk is his real name like that that has to be his real name because he has a nickname right they call him the Birdman you can't give him a nickname for a nickname but you can like change your name and then get a nickname for it I guess I'm I'm going with Tony Hawk is, is his real name Anthony Hawk actually now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure I've I've actually looked into this already I'm pretty sure his actual name is Anthony Hawk Anthony Frank Hawk is there his birth name according he- to Wikipedia. That's really pigeonholing a kid into like, oh yeah, you could be a skater. That's pretty much your one job. But like, is a it the parents' fault pilot. though? Because no, like, it's, it's not, not the parents' fault that his last name is his last name, yeah. right? Like, if they named him like Flyhawk or something like that, then it's like, okay, y'all had intentions here. Y'all are really trying Flyhawk, to. Flyhawk, he would be dealing drugs on the corner. If his name was Flyhawk, he'd be like one of the world's best basketball players. Oh, I that's bet. true. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Enough about Tony Hawk, Imran. Today's stories include yeah. PS5's launch window possibly leaking, PlayStation's new look for first party, and the return of Anthony Flyhawk, because this <laughs> is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash Games or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping thank you to our patreon producers mom and muhammad blackjack and al tribesman today we're brought to you by hymns but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report <laughs> <laughs> it's time for some news. I just imagine like Kevin being like across the room forgetting about this. We have five stories today. The dive bomb for the the uh, Five stories today, Kevin. Let me explain I, yeah. really quick. What happened is that I started making the sound. I thought I unmuted it. It it, it wasn't unmute, and I was really like there was a lot more animation in the first time. So, oh, okay. There's the explanation. Gotcha. Got- Dude, I'm going to start off with some breaking news because as we're talking right now, two minutes ago, at PlayStation on Twitter tweeted, State of Play's next episode is dedicated to Ghosts of Tsushima. Tune in Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. And they have a GIF on their Twitter. Kevin, if you're able to pull this up, at PlayStation on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling this as breaking news one so I don't forget it and so I'm not like scrambling to like add it into the, to the news stories. Uh, but then also, this is actually a conversation me and Greg had uh, yesterday on PS Love You XOXO, available now for everybody, uh, and if you're on Patreon. Uh, we were talking about, like, Ghost of Tsushima and when they might actually come out and do, like, a gameplay reveal. Because, like, if you look at PlayStation's next couple of months, right, like, you have uh, you have a PlayStation 5 reveal event that you imagine is going to happen, like, end of May, early June, right? It's not necessarily confirmed, but that's basically in the books. Like, you imagine that has to happen. You mm-hmm. have Last of Us Part 2, coming june 19th you have ghost of shima coming uh july 17th i believe those dates are correct uh fact check me if i'm wrong on that and then yeah like at a certain point right you you imagine they want to reveal gameplay for ghost of shima because we haven't really seen like we we've had gameplay reveals but we haven't had like 
a sit down and look at what you're going to be doing in the game. Um, so Imran, what, how do you take this Ghost of Tsushima news? Do you have any expectations on what we'll see on Thursday? So I figured they're probably going to like do an actual deep dive and explain this game. Because we've seen some gameplay footage, and what I've gleaned from that gameplay footage is it's infamous in a jet like it's it's that's reductive but it is infamous in a japanese feudal setting and that's mm-hmm. i like the expectations of that is there's sticky platforming probably and beyond that i don't really know what the game is but i i'm still pretty hyped to play it because I, I think sucker punch is a good studio i think this is going to get everyone else or an attempt to get everyone else on board to be like okay yeah no we we have other games there's more stuff after the last of us so don't just worry about that. We have this other game coming soon. I, they've never done a game-specific state of play before. That's right? Am I wrong? Were they focused on just one game? No, yeah. I don't believe so. So like they've done that for directs. So we have an idea of what directs would be for a game-specific thing. We don't know what it like. Is it? Does that mean it's a trailer? Does that mean it's a deep dive? Like, is it going to be a narrator? Expl- is it going to be like somebody from Sucker Punch walking you through certain things? Or I, like one of those E3 demos where they're actually playing the game like live for you and narrating stuff for you. I feel like it has to be that. Like I feel like it has to be like maybe like a 15 minute sit down and it's it's somebody from from Sucker Punch, right? It's somebody sitting us like sitting us down and going through, hey, this is what you're gonna be doing in Ghost of Tsushima, right? Because we know it's a we know it's an open world game. I don't think we I don't think anybody has really kind of understood what that actually looks like for Ghost of Tsushima outside of very brief clips of the main character riding a horse through different environments, right? Like, mm-hmm. we we know what Ghost of Tsushima looks like visually. We know what some of the combat looks like because they showed that off during that one E3, but we don't really we don't really know exactly, like, what the gameplay loop is and what, like, an actual like, a 10-minute stretch of gameplay looks, especially, like, from an outside looking at perspective. Like, this is a, this is a new IP for PlayStation. And so... You know, Last of Us Part Two, I feel like can get away with us seeing glimpses of gameplay and kind of getting what that is. Whereas Ghost of Tsushima, I feel like you have to have more explanation behind it. And so, yeah, I I would predict fifteen to twenty minutes of somebody from the studio sitting us down, narrating over gameplay, talking about what you're doing. Um, uh, you know, going through, I guess, probably doing some open world stuff, right? Doing the activities that are outside just the main story, and and kind of talking talking us through like what's going on. Um, that's kind of that's that's kind of what I predict. Yeah, I can definitely see that because, like, again, we don't know what a state of play for a game specific thing would look like. But I, I bet it's what you what you're saying of they have somebody playing the, like through a single mission. Like, I think the gameplay reveal last time was like sneaking through a fort or something. Like, just yeah. do that whole whole mission now, or show it like from, from three different builds because. I don't I don't know why I get this impression, but like you can be like a ninja or you can be like a samurai or anything like that. Like you can mix the two or like you can play it stealth or like head on or something like that. Mm-hmm. I I may be completely making that up. But if that that is yeah. the case, then I would love to see like what is different between the two. Like how does that both how's that work? Sell me on this game. Cause I'm already yeah. pretty sold, but let's say I weren't hypothetically, like do a good job of showing what's unique about this game and it's not just i don't know it's another open world game but also this one's in japan yeah and i imagine like that's the whole goal of this state of play right so this game i think needs that final push and because things have been so messy lately in terms of just everybody working from home and the world being in a weird state and, and games being pushed and all this stuff 
you imagine marketing for this game kind of got shifted all all over the place in a way where yeah like you can't come out really in 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 june to market it because june is going to be all focused on the last of us and on uh ps5 presumably right and Mm -hmm. to come out after the release of last of us part two to try and market Ghost of Tsushima. Like, of course, they're going to have the final, final marketing push then. But by then, it might be too little too late because we're still coming off of The Last of Us Part Two, And it's going to be hard to really take those three weeks to to remind everybody about Ghost of Tsushima and really, like, you know, convince everybody why they should buy this game. And so, yeah, right now is the time to strike. No pun intended, because I strike. But, yeah, like, right right now is the time to strike. I'm, I'm actually very excited for this. I'm very hyped for this. Uh, we... I don't want to. I don't want to speak out of turn, but I assume we're going to do some kind of reaction to this because we're kind of funny. And this is Ghost of Tsushima, and so mm-hmm. look forward to that. I'm sure we'll have more info on that by tomorrow's games daily. Yeah, I I figured this is probably like this is probably not COVID adjusted plan. This would be right around the time they begin the final trailer for The Last of Us Two by its main release date. So this would be the time that like mm-hmm. okay, we got to focus on what's coming out after Last of Us Two. So I would guess this is. This state of play was probably in the cards for a number of months already. Fair point. Fair yeah. point. Let's get into our actual story number one. Sony has announced PlayStation Studios. I'm pulling this from Christopher Dring at GamesIndustry.biz, who writes, Sony has developed a new umbrella brand to unite its first-party PlayStation titles. The PlayStation Studios brand will go live alongside PlayStation 5 later this year and will only be featured on games developed and managed by Sony Interactive Entertainment's Worldwide Studios organization. Alongside the logo, PlayStation has created a new opening video that will, that will appear at the, at the start of its games. The video features characters from Uncharted, Little Big Planet, God of War, Ratchet & Clank, Horizon Zero Dawn, and The Last of Us. Quote, we are really excited about this, says Eric Lempel, Senior Vice President and Head of Global Marketing at Sony Reactive Entertainment. Quote, over the last few years and even the last decade, the strength of the titles coming out from our studios has been stronger than ever. We have been thinking about how we, we, we unite all these games, great, un, these, all of these great games under one brand. And really the purpose of that is to make the consumer understand that when they see this brand, they're getting ready for a robust, innovative deep experience that they've come to expect from the games coming from PlayStation. So we came up with PlayStation Studios. You've seen the animated asset that will exist primarily due to the beginning of our title, uh, that will exist primarily during the, the beginning of our titles, but the brand will exist in a lot of different places. There are different, shorter animations that will exist in trailers. It'll exist in advertising. It'll be, it will be in any other creative assets, such as the game packaging and the game discs themselves. We think this is a good way to let consumers know that if they see it, then the quality games that, that the then the quality games they've come to expect from us are here. And this brand will exist for well-known existing franchises as well as brand new franchises that we have yet to explore. End quote. Sony's PS4 games will also carry the PlayStation Studios branding, but it won't be ready in time for the launch of The Last of Us Part Two or Ghost of Tsushima, which are both due to arrive this summer. It'll also miss the launch of Horizon Zero Dawn on PC, although Lempel says that any future games it releases on other platforms will also carry the branding. Kevin, I've, a- I've added the PlayStation Studios opening animation to the doc because I want to give that a look. But Imran, what is your uh, immediate response to the, the PlayStation opening animation? I'm sure you have you already seen it. it I've seen it. It's, it's the Marvel animation, but shorter. Yeah. That's, like, it seems very, not pointed, but like, very similar in a way that they haven't yeah. noticed 
Yeah, I mean, in the in the article, the GameStreet.biz article, right, they continue and they talk about how, yeah, Marvel was actually, like, an inspiration, right? You, uh, yeah, go ahead and play. Let's all watch it together. See so, yeah, how we have it here. Um, and, yeah, it looks, like, very similar to the Marvel uh, opening, right? And they, there's also, like, the Xbox Game Studios opening that people have pointed to also, and, yeah. and that had, like, a similar vibe to it. And Both really take branded as xbox game studios it used to be microsoft game studios yeah and like both take inspiration from from the marvel opening right like and, and also i know there's the uh there was playstation originals which is like their tv brand that has like that this it this this animation seems very much like a combination between hey let's take our playstation originals brand animation and then combine that with the marvel studios animation to make our own thing do you and think I, that, I honestly think it's a great idea do you think that means they're killing the playstation originals like studio brand the tv and movie thing oh yeah like well playstation originals that was more so i think that was like before the whole um like because we have the the last of show that that is coming through hbo right like right i that's not playstation originals is it it's in conjunction with them okay as far as i remember i imagine they're i imagine they're killing that branding like well at least like using this this um opening for that right like i imagine that it's in some cases that's still going to be called like playstation studios or playstation originals but like i i feel like in terms of what that's kind of evolving into like you know that started off with sean sean layden kind of leading that and i think now that sean's gone and now that i now that you kind of see them going in the direction of more partnering with with bigger brands in order to to produce their shows and stuff like I I think that direction. I think that um, that initiative is moving in a direction to where now, like you can take that take that animation, putting with put it with this, and make it work. Yeah, I think people like catchy, recognizable things, and this is smarter than to put it in front of their games. Because then, yeah. like when when you see that in front of a game, you know, like okay, this is a thing I associate with a thing I like, like with a prestige title or a certain level of quality. It's like how Nintendo did at one point use this. Uh, seal of quality on the NES era to mean that we've made sure this is a good game. That didn't always mean it was true, but that's kind of how they used it. I think it's funny they can't like it's not they can't get there in time for The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima and Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, what is? I maybe I don't know enough about game development. Like, what's? Can you not just put like insert blank dot mpeg here or whatever? Mm -hmm. I feel like. It, this is more of a hey let's let's shift all gear gears toward playstation 5 like i imagine it's not a thing of like they can't do it i think it's more so of a thing where they want everything to kind of work together and this to kind of build the hype for like whatever big first party games are there at the playstation 5 launch uh to really like give that it's give give this brand and give the launch its own boost in terms of branding like that i imagine that's what that is i I think this is cool, right? Like, you know, whether or not like Xbox already has their animation, like whether or not this looks like the the Marvel animation, I still think is a cool idea. Uh, given like it builds the sense of unity between the first party titles that was kind of already there, but I think this even more so strengthens it, right? Like when you look at the when you look at Uncharted and you look at Last of Us, I guess those are both Naughty Dog, but then you also look at Spider Man and 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 Ghost and all the all the games they have in first party, right? Like. I think for us as people who are tuned into the industry and people that are that follow PlayStation and follow kind of what they're doing in their studios on these things, like we have that idea that like, oh yeah, PlayStation first party is a thing. Like we understand that these games are coming directly from PlayStation. 
but I think you could still have that separation for people that aren't as in the know. And so I think this kind of helps people that are coming into the PlayStation, PlayStation ecosystem, whether new or whether just like more more casual players. Like mm-hmm. I think this then helps them kind of understand that, oh yeah, like Ratchet and Clank and Uncharted both are getting like the same level of, of um, like a support from PlayStation. Yeah. I mean, good logos can be a big part of your gaming culture. I have the PS1 era Capcom logo treatments burned into my head. Yeah. From like the, the beginning of those games where like it was like blue blocks and lasers and stuff like that. That is that is the PS1 era to me, is that like three second logo treatment. Kevin, hey, what's up? Yeah, so uh I thought we were live and streaming, but it turns You're out not? we were streaming to uh YouTube, YouTube? yesterday's YouTube okay. thing. So sorry about that. We are recording everything you guys have done is totally recorded, but we have just went and turned live now. Normally we wouldn't tell you guys this, but I'm sure that like, yeah, the chat, the chat's gonna. Gotcha. Are we continuing? How how are you? Yeah, yeah. Let's just continue where we're going, right? I mean, all right. That's the best way to handle it. Sorry. Sounds really sorry. No, you're you're fine. If you're a Twitch viewer, we we started the show about 16 minutes ago, um, and so welcome. We're talking about PlayStation Studios. If only uh, one thing goes wrong, we're really lucky. True, Not Facts, especially now that we're streaming from home. Yeah. Like especially when we're streaming from home. If if just one thing goes goes wrong, and that's a success. I'm gonna read a question here from my dog Nick96 from Massachusetts, who writes in and says, "Hey, KFGD." With Sony reworking the PlayStation Originals graphic from their show Powers uh, for the new PlayStation Studios, do you see this as a good marketing for? Uh, do you see this as good marketing for the PlayStation brand? I think it's a good move for ca- for casual consumers in terms of when when Mima is in the GameStop picking up a game for Little Johnny should know that a PlayStation Studios game is good. Personally, I think gamers like us who have who have our ears to the pulse, knowing what's know what's going on already understand in the games industry.biz article lempel mentions the logo will be used even if the game is released on other platforms he gave the the pc release of horizon zero dawn as an example but not death stranding on pc i'm not sure if that's just a random choice or they just show they just choose uh, choose not to promote kojima's game 505 being involved with the publishing for pc might be the key factor and honestly i think that is like the key factor uh besides pc do you possibly see a playstation studios game uh release on another platform Either way, thanks for giving us all this this sweet quarantine content. Have a great day, my dog Nick ninety six. Uh, Death Stranding isn't a worldwide studios game, so yeah, they because they they make a point in the in the post above to actually say this is for games that are developed and managed by Sony Interactive Entertainment's worldwide studios organization. Kojima Productions is an independent developer, so does not count for this. But I mean, like it was overseen by. Uh, Sony Productions, but I guess that's not the same thing. I but, yeah. So and I can't remember if, I, if this is part of what I read or not. But I, in the games gamesindustry.biz article, they talk about like games that are being published first party as like first party games on on PlayStation will also get this treatment. And so I when I read that, like my immediate thought went to Spider Man PS4. You know yeah. when it was when it was being developed by Insomniac before Insomniac got bought by PlayStation. You imagine that yeah, that would have received the same treatment. Death Stranding. Death Stranding I see as a PlayStation first party game, but I think the fact that it's being published on PC by 505 uh, kind of takes them them out of it. I think that that then means that, yeah, this brand is going to be associated, associated with that for however weird businessy way that works. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's the PC release of Death Stranding doesn't strike me as a Sony-related 
thing. So yeah. I could see why they would not do it there. In the future, like whatever Kojima does next, like let's say those Silent Hill rumors are true. And again, I think those are decently credible. I I could see because Sony Japan is working on that game, supposedly, that they would put that logo there. But for I'm trying to struggle to think of another example of a Sony game that's not from Sony necessarily. Like Predator Hunting Grounds. That's Ilphonic. Yeah. I could see one, yeah. it not being there for that on in that example. That's a good that's a good point. I think that's a very good point. And so yeah, maybe it isn't gonna be like on every single Sony published game, but for, for what you associate as a big so Sony first party, not even big, but as a Sony first party game, you'll see it on there. Yeah. The nanobiologist writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can and says, Morning blessing Imran. Sony has finally opened the, opened the vault a little bit more on details for the next generation with their PlayStation Studios intro. While I like it, uniting all PS5 first-party games under one brand, like Xbox currently does, I wonder, why include certain games in the intro? We saw Little Big Planet's Sackboy and Ratchet & Clank, both games that only saw an appearance on the PS4 early on in the console generation, and never again. Could we be getting a hint at something at something from these two properties potentially coming up with the PS5? Could this be a hint at what the PS5 launch lineup could be or would be? Seeing as how God of War 2 and Horizon Zero Horizon 2 Dawn are rumored to be happening during the launch window, it, it just seems odd to include those two games when other great first party games aren't represented here, like Spider-Man or Deacon. Thanks, the nanobiologist. Oh, Days Gone. Like from Days Gone, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man, I imagine, is not in there because, one, they don't own the character, and two, that is just the Marvel logo. Uh, yeah. I think probably it's not an indication of what they have planned, more it's, we don't want all the characters here to just be, like, realistic human. Yeah. So, that's, it's like, that's here's my, the two family-friendly characters. That's my takeaway from it, too, is that they kind of want to show the diversity of their por portfolio. Like, if they had it just be Kratos and uh joel and um and aloy right i think i think that kind of paints them into a certain corner which like i mean that is kind of the best of what sony has had to offer over the last generation but at the same time right like ratchet and clank is great little big planet had a big splash on ps3 especially like i think as sony you kind of want to represent the the um variety of what your platform has to offer alongside like some of your best uh that you have to offer and so i think putting ratchet and clank out there at the forefront makes sense for that i also think it makes sense uh, in the way that I you you don't necessarily want to tease what you have coming in the future in this thing. I think you do want to like have it be like you. I don't think you want this to be be cause for speculation on what you're yeah. working on, right? And so I think it's way easier to just reach back and be like, all right, cool. What were the big hitters on the PS4 generation? All right, Ratchet and Clank was very successful. Little Big Planet is a thing that's very associated with PlayStation now, and is very much like Sackboy is very much a an iconic PlayStation character, even though. Yeah. I, uh, Sackboy hasn't had like a recent big hit on PlayStation. That's still something you you look at and, and attach to PlayStation. He um, was a mascot for quite a while. Yeah, he was and, he was a mascot for quite a while. And like when you think about like if the, if you go with the idea of they wanted something other than like realistic humans to represent the PlayStation brand, there's not a whole lot of other options that are both worldwide and popular. Like you have the medieval guy, you have. You can't really do Fat Princess in 2020. Like no, and you have you have Astrobot, but like I don't think Astrobot has like that same Astrobot doesn't have the same cachet as as Sackboy from Little Big Planet. Yes. That said, I do think they those games will get revivals in the future, like probably near future. Oh, yeah. But I don't think this hints at it. I think it's literally just, 
hey, Drake, Kratos, Aloy are all realistic people. What if we put in Sackboy and Ratchet as well? And I also want to pull this this quote from the Games GamesIndustry.biz article, right? This is Eric Lempel, the SVP of Global Marketing, talking. Uh, he has a quote here that says, "The cinematic you've seen is the one that is that that has multiple games in it. But over time, as we introduce well-established franchises, we can tailor that opening a bit to possibly show the franchise franchise over the years, new characters that you've come come into play. Uh, there's a lot we can do that we're really excited about. And so terrible. I." Like Marvel, yeah, and like you're gonna you're gonna see that graphic evolve over the years, right? Like you're gonna get grown Ellie, um, probably by next year in that animation. You're probably gonna get more Ghost of Tsushima and stuff in there. Like as as games come out for PlayStation and do well for PlayStation, you'll probably see them pick them up and place them in that animation. Yeah. Plus, I mean, sometimes it might actually just be like good advertising. Like, let's say they update Aloy's design at some point for the Horizon Zero Dawn two design. I've never finished Zero Dawn. I should probably do that because I don't actually know if it would star, star, star Aloy. But yeah, like what if they you see that like, oh, why is the girl different? And then you check out the game. Yeah. Speaking of PlayStation, story number two, is PlayStation coming out, PlayStation 5 coming in October? I'm pulling this from Joe Scrabbles at IGN who writes, a job listing from Sony Interactive Entertainment says that the PlayStation 5 will, will be released in October 2020. As pointed out by Nibel on Twitter, a listing on the NEXT Jobs website for a role in the SIE Materials Department says that the successful applicant will work, quote, with the Design Department and the Quality Assurance Department to create the PS5 scheduled to be released in October 2020, end quote. Previously, Sony has only specified holiday 2020 as a release window for the next console. October would be, a, would be slightly earlier than expected for, the, for that window, so it may be that, that this is a mistake. But the listing itself does appear to be official, although there's no date listed on the page for when the listing was posted. And then as an update to that article, Sony has told Famitsu that the October release date mentioned in a job listing is a mistake made by the recruitment, uh, made by the recruitment company involved. The official, window re the official release window remains holiday 2020. Imran, do you believe it? No. I, I think if you take it at its face value of saying release in October 2020, that's probably at minimum pre-COVID mentality. Mm -hmm. uh, more than likely, like I believe Sony when they say it's a typo, but even if it weren't a typo, it would be that job probably is done in October 2020. Or their like their expected first quantity will be out in October 2020 to go to a warehouse to sit there for a month. Or mm -hmm. as it prepares to send to retailers and stuff like that. Like I don't I don't think October 2020 means a you'll be able to buy it October 2020 in any circumstance. I think they're they're committed at this point to November. I I still I, I still hold down that yeah it's coming out in November, but yeah I think this this typo is interesting because I like obviously it's an accident, but at the same time like how much of it is an accident into what you're saying right like it could be yeah in october that means that consoles are getting shipped to from manufacturers all this stuff right or it could be yeah in, in october that's when the job like that's when the job is pretty much finished for whoever's whoever is um applying for this position right like it could be that but yeah like i don't know i think i i think this is an, this is an interesting kind of detail to kind of just pop up out of nowhere um william simmons writes in and says hi blessing imran a sony job listing seems to say that the ps5 is coming in october so i was wondering if this is true will xbox release at a similar time or will they release in november like usual 
Uh, and I know, like, I, w- I want to bring in a prediction you made forever ago on Gamescast, saying that uh, you can see uh, you can see Xbox coming out like in September, October ish. Mm-hmm. Where, where, given all the details we've seen, uh, bringing in all the leaks, right? Because we have we have this, but then also a few months ago we had like that that Xbox leak, quote unquote leak of their web- their website updating and saying uh, November or no, saying Thanksgiving twenty twenty. Right. Where do you stand now as far as like where you believe that consoles are going to re- uh, be released? Again, this is in a pre-COVID world, a September release would be very ballsy and it would like position you as like the main console for like Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's true anymore. I think now we're bro- we're probably going to see both at the middle end of November. Maybe cl- maybe earlier on, but I doubt it now. I would I would say middle end. Maybe a week apart. Sense. Yeah, like I, and that would put it in line with the the previous consoles, right? PS4 and Xbox One both came out in, in November. Yeah, and I could, I could, I mean, definitely with COVID being a factor now, I could definitely see see that repeating, right? And even in like the the limited quantities that we expect them to come out with. Interesting. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, that makes sense. And especially because, like, I don't think people are going to be able to buy two consoles this winter. Like, some people will, but most won't. So. They're probably just going to put them both out there and say, like, okay, this is the quantity we have. Go for it, and we'll we'll cut, we'll reconvene next year and see what happens. What do you think the console releases are going to look like in terms of games? Because this is a conversation we've been having a lot, right? Like, mm-hmm. Halo Infinite is planned for the Xbox launch. I think I've been getting a lot more uh, confidence from from Microsoft as far as like Halo Infinite hitting that that launch date, right? It seems like they're they're very much confident that's going to happen. On the PlayStation side, though, like we don't really know what's going what's going on yet. Like their predictions, especially from us, about like, all right, Horizon Zero Dawn two could be a launch game. Um, you know, what other launch games could, could there be? There's Godfall, right? Like, do you think, do you think those launch windows, as as far as game releases, look drastically different now than they did, let's say, a couple months ago? It's going to be interesting this time because like we're we're in a generational transition that very much does not want to let go of the previous generation. There's a, this has been the time of the year where we usually get financial disclosures and financial statements from uh, various third parties. All of them have mentioned like some big things happening this year, but none of them have indicated that it's in any way related to next gen. So I think a lot of them are assuming like that their games are going to be cross-gen for some degree of time. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that'll be true for launch slates as well. Like we'll get I'm sure Sony is going to have, like, here's the big reason you need to have this new console. I d- Microsoft has indicated they're not going to do that. They're just going to let it ride for a little while. I I expect Sony will have to come out big in some way. Just, like, some title. Like, Horizon is a good example, but who knows if that's going to be ready in time or whatever. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I I think there will be at least one big launch game, but we shouldn't expect like a big launch slate of this is what the next generation can do right now. It's going to be very, a surprisingly muted console launch for the first time. And I don't think people are going to be immediately ready for that quite yet. Speaking of what the next generation consoles can do right now, story number three, Assassin's Creed Valhalla will run at a minimum of 30 FPS on Xbox Series X. I'm pulling this again from Jordan Alleman at IGN. IGN is kind of killing it with the news stories today. Uh, Jordan writes, Ubisoft has revealed that Assassin's Creed Valhalla will run at a minimum of 30 30 FPS when it launches on Xbox Series X. Ubisoft, in a statement to IGN, said, quote, Assassin's Creed Valhalla will run at a minimum of 30 FPS 
on a on Assassin's Creed Valhalla, we are, we are committed to offering the best experience to our players by immersing them in the most beautiful worlds and environments we could create and leveraging not only the graphics enhancement op- enhancements offered by the next generation of consoles, but also faster load t- loading times and the new architectures, end quote. Of course, this may change as the game is finalized ahead of its, of its launch later this year, but for now, you can expect 30 FPS when you boot up the game in 4K on launch day. Microsoft has previously made clear that its performance target for the next, for the console is 4K at 60 FPS up to 120 FPS. Valhalla has seen something something of a backlash after its promised gameplay teaser during the May episode of uh, Xbox 2020 seemingly only featured a few few seconds of gameplay footage. The reaction appears to stem from wider dissatisfaction with the leap in technology many may be expecting from this holiday's consoles. Given that graphical improvements are less revolutionary than those seen in the jump between previous console generations, Imran, have you been following this whole 30 FPS thing with Assassin's Creed? I have. People are, they were assuming way too much at the beginning. Like mm-hmm. 4K 60 FPS is difficult now, not even just in consoles on PC hardware in general. Like, with, uh, unless you're, you have a very beefy, like, very expensive system. Uh, I was not ever assuming that 4k 60 fps would be the standard next generation i always assumed that 60 fps is always going to be a if the developer makes it a priority and that means they have to cut away from other certain things in like particle effects or and like processing things or stuff like that that are difficult to if if you can make the image look better, they're going to make the image look better and go for 30 FPS pretty much every time, unless it's like a character action game or a fighting game. I Assassin's Creed is not either of those. It is a very... What's the word I'm looking for? It's a third-person open-world RPG. Yes, like, it's that, and also it's like, the game doesn't... It feels a little mushy to control. Like, that is not an insult. That's just the way Assassin's Creed games play. Like, that's mm-hmm. why it was a good test for Stadia the first time, because you didn't immediately notice if something took a little bit of lag to, you know, react to. So I don't, I never assumed that game was going to be 60 FPS. I always assumed it was going to be 30. So I'm not shocked by this statement. I am a little surprised by how many people are shocked by the statement. I, I think what it kind of, what kind of, what it kind of comes down to is the fact that this next generation has been, has been so hard to communicate, right? Especially for, playstation and xbox right like we had that inside xbox last week that people were pretty underwhelmed by right and i think i i think there are multiple factors in that right i'm looking at uh aaron greenberg's twitter right now where he's tweeting about uh xbox series x optimization and somebody replied to him saying please force developers to give us the choice of either higher performance or higher image quality we need 60 fps back in consoles aaron greenberg uh, of course, of Xbox, then responded to that saying, uh, 60 FPS will be the standard output, but the architecture allows us to support 120 FPS, which, I mean, I I, I think that's very iffy communication, <laughs> like on, on the side of Aaron Greenberg, because when you say 60 FPS will be a standard output, I think that then leads people to believe that every game is going to be 60 FPS. Like, that's not going to be the case. Like, every... every like, 60 FPS is great. Like, I love games with higher, with, uh, higher frame rate, but mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily fit for every single game, um, I imagine. I think, I think this is people being very pent up about the, the lack of a... We're reaching a ceiling, I think, on graphical fidelity. And it's not like it's not that graphics will never get better. It's so that each generational transition is a little less interesting than the last and a little bit less of a leap. So people are a little pent up by 
seeing next-gen games and going like, okay, so it doesn't look much better. Why is it not like performing much better? Like the the general psychology of how game graphics work is that it's a bar that fills up. So if they're not filling up that bar on fidelity, why are they not filling it up on performance? And I, that's not really the way it works. And sometimes just technology doesn't, it's not a linear thing that improves the way we expect it will. Next generation is going to, the big thing is going to be services online. Uh, what's that? The SSD. SSD, like yeah, load yeah. times, things like that. Like, and and that's my thing. That's what that's what I'm talking about when I say that like this next generation is getting difficult to kind of communicate in terms of what the the improvements and enhancements are, right? Because yeah, to what you're saying, right? I think a lot of people are looking at trailers and looking at games and are saying that like, all right, so like, why isn't 4K F, 4K 60 FPS like the standard on everything? But that's not necessarily where you're going to get a lot of what next gen has to offer, right? Like, I think I think. I mean, this has been, like, my biggest takeaway from Mark Cerny's talk that he did, his, like, boring GDC talk he did months ago, right? What, like, my biggest takeaway from that was that, like, oh, snap, the way that games can be designed are, is going to be different due to next gen, right? Especially having SSD, being able to eliminate things like the crevices you have to you have to crawl through in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order or, yeah. like, uh, Joel lifting Ellie to, like, reach a certain ledge, things like that. Or all of The Final loading Final elevators. Oh, all of Final Fantasy VII, right? Like, yeah. there a lot of those ways in which you mass loading are, are going to be eliminated. And that's going to, that's going to add so many benefits to the ways in which you can design worlds, right? Like the openness of certain worlds, right? Like we've, we've come to love games like God of War or Tomb Raider or games that like not, aren't necessarily even open worlds, but game with open games with open spaces to, to explore, right? Like the, the, the ways in which developers are going to be able to approach and, and kind of have their own freedom with how they create game worlds. I think it's going to be a, a big thing that, that you can, it's hard to really sell that. It's hard. Yeah. That's like a. That's not a number you can put on a box. That's not something that you can that you can add as like a a bullet point on your on uh on like a, a graphic during your Xbox reveal, right? To make people really understand, like, oh yeah, games are different. Like, that's not necessarily that's not necessarily a thing you can market as adequately. And so I think with that, you're seeing a lot of people kind of be like, all right, so this game is going to be 30 FPS at 4K, but like, you know, do. You, and I, I get, I understand the idea that yes, Assassin's Creed Valhalla would be cool to play at 60 FPS. Do you really need this game? Is is that really going to be like the thing that makes or breaks this game for you? Right? Is that is that a thing we need uh, from Assassin's Creed right now? Given like the the scope of what Assassin's Creed games have been, especially like within within the last few entries. Here's the thing: if if that is so important to you that like it makes or breaks the game. You should buy a PC. Like, this is not even being, like, condescending. Consoles have always Mm -hmm. kind of been, like, yeah, these are the easier way to play games. These are where you get certain exclusives from first parties. But if you want... If you want to just unlock everything, like, unlock resolution, unlock uh, FPS, you you play it on PC. And I understand why people are, like, queasy about that notion sometimes, but the, the idea of a 60 FPS mandate is so insane. Is you, what? Yeah, how, do you, how would you even enforce that? How, like, yeah, like I don't think I don't think that's the thing you can mandate, and that's kind of where I I understand some of the frustration in terms of 
Aaron Greenberg's tweet, right? Because I'm looking now, right, where um, I'm on I'm on Twitter, right? And Aaron Greenberg had that that tweet that I read earlier, right? 60 FPS will be the standard output, but the architecture allows us to support up to 125 or 120 frames per second. Tom Warren of The Verge then quote tweeted that and said, Xbox Series X games won't run at 60 FPS standard output. Microsoft tells me ultimately, and this is a quote, ultimately it is up to individual developers to determine how they leverage the power and speed of Xbox Series X. Uh, Aaron Greenberg then replies to that, saying, developers always have flexibility in how they use use the power. So a standard or common 60 FPS is not a mandate, right? And I, I think what that just comes down to is that's mixed messaging. Because, like, you start off saying 60 FPS is the standard output. And I think that makes sense to people who, like, I think that makes sense to, to Aaron Greenberg, but doesn't necessarily communicate that, like, no, not every game is going to be 60 FPS, right? Like, you're yeah. going to have 30 FPS games on Xbox Series X. Like, that's not something you can mandate. I think that's just something that that they kind of had to make a bit clearer. They should not be wading into this on Twitter. Like, absolutely not. That's a terrible idea. Remember yeah. last generation, before the Xbox One came out, people were, like, annoyed that games weren't all 1080p? And was it Greenberg? Somebody from Microsoft replied with, you know your TV will still display a 720p input as 1080p, right? And it's like, no, that's a terrible... Like, Twitter lacks nuance. You shouldn't be answering these questions on there. You should be just like, have... Don't wait into technical discourse that people can use out of context on a format with 100... Or was it 245 or whatever characters now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like... For for communication like this, I definitely think that yeah, the better route would have been to like, hey, let's gather all the confusion the confusions that people are happening or people are having, and then post a block next week that clears all those things up. Because yeah, like the the real time communication we're getting on it is not the best. Like it, it's somewhat confusing, and then also like it's not like it's it's not clear communication in terms yeah. of where your stance is as Xbox as a brand, and so yeah. Like once again, like I think 30 FPS is fine. Like I don't, I don't necessarily mind getting that on on some next gen games. But you know, as long as as long as there is kind of clarity in terms of of not even why that is, but like what is and what isn't going to be 30 FPS is it a mandate or not? Like those are the things that you gotta gotta be more clear about. Yeah, I mean, I think higher FPS is always better, bar none. But mm-hmm. the issue shouldn't be. 30 fps versus 60 fps because if you want 60 fps you should probably play on pc anyway the issue is will games perform well and if it is maintaining a consistent 30 then great if it's not that becomes an issue so we'll have to see we can't we can't tell right now because honestly most of that stuff will wrap up for november releases in october so we'll we won't know until then but yeah it's this is one of those conversations that it could all be solved if you learned how like bought a graphics card and made a beefy pc but that's not what anyone really wants to do right now story number four tony hawk's pro skater is back i'm following this from jonathan dornbush at ign who writes tony hawk's pro skater is back as activision has announced tony hawk's pro skater one and two a a compilation remake of the first two thps games developed developed by crash bandicoot insane trilogy studios vicarious visions which has a long history with this series. Before I even uh, continue reading, we have a reaction up on youtube.com slash games. It's me, Tim, and Barrett. And react, we react to the uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 uh, remake trailer. And so check that out there if you want our extended full impressions. But to I continue, saw, continue, it was a 20-minute video for a two-minute trailer. 
Yeah, no, we had a lot to talk about and a lot to kind of unpack there. It was a really good video. I highly recommend people people check it out. Uh, to continue the article, though, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 will be released for PS4, Xbox One, and PC via the Epic Games Store on st- September 4th, 2020, with pre-orders uh, offering fans early access to a demo of the iconic warehouse level. The game is a remake compiling the first two games in the beloved uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater franchise, including all the levels, even the secret ones. Tony Hawk Pro Skater will support competitive online play, but the remake will also feature split-screen multiplayer for those who want to play with friends locally. And Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2's online functionality will also extend to the return of the Create a Park and Create a Skater modes. Players will will be able to share their creations online, and Vicarious Visions is hoping to give players a a wide array of options to build their dream skate parks. Uh, Vicarious Visions, which was largely responsible for the impressive Tony Hawk Pro Skater handheld games, has done a lot of ground-up work uh, into into the look of the games, uh, as evidenced by the by the impressive first screenshots and gameplay. Quote, We wanted to match inch by inch the geometry of the levels so that those lines feel exactly the same as they were before. So that was our starting point. But all the assets, everything on top of Neversoft's handling, uh, handling code is all original stuff. End quote. Uh, and again, Imran, we did a we did a reaction. Me, Tim, Barrett on youtubecom slash kind of funny games. For you, what's what's your initial reaction reaction to this? Uh, so I had heard about this game six months ago, before January. And oh, the geez. the thing people told me then was they know the last remaster was bad. Was that but... people people did not like it because it just didn't feel right. So mm-hmm. the the entire point behind this one was to get the feel of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 right. So I don't know if they've done that. I've never gotten hands-on in this game. But if they have done that, then great. This is exactly what I want from a new Tony Hawk game, an old Tony Hawk game. That yeah. said, very confused by the lack of a Switch version. That's a good point. And I wonder if that's just the thing where they didn't want to put in the extra work to maybe scale it back. Because, yeah, like... For me, like the thing that actually surprised me was, oh, this isn't coming to Xbox Series X and PS5 off the bat, right? Obviously, like backwards compatible, all that stuff. But I was surprised not to see see those logos in the trailer. And I imagine the Switch thing is like, hey, these are optimized for PS4 and Xbox One, and it would take some work for us to to kind of scale it down to Switch. Either way, though, yeah, I'm with you. That it is surprising not to see it on that platform. Also, I like. Spyro and Crash both sold very well on Switch. The they never ported Modern Warfare or any of those like remasters to Switch. So I wonder if it's a thing at Activision where they're going cartoon characters will sell well on the Nintendo systems, but hmm. realistic characters won't. Because like this is Vicarious Visions, and they even reference the fact that they made the old Tony Hawk handheld games, which are on old Nintendo handhelds. So. I don't know. It, it does feel like an executive decision. Maybe it'll come down the line, but it, that that's the initial thing that struck me is like, okay, I could see this running on a Switch fairly well. Like You'd have to turn down certain effects or even get rid of certain shaders, but I could see, like, I would have fun playing this game on a Switch. I am surprised that they did not go ahead and do that. I wonder if it's a thing of their, their kind of different direction in terms of Crash Bandicoot being more of a cartoony looking game for Insane Trilogy, right? Like they very much go for like an animated presentation for that, as opposed to Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two looks very realistic, uh, in its like in its like in its direction, right? Like they, I think they went for more of like, hey, let's go, let's 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 make this game look good. Like let's go for graphics as opposed to just like art style here. 
I wonder if that has anything to do with it also. Um, but also, like, at the same time, I kind of expect it to come to Switch. I am, I assume it's just, like, a, a later on thing. Like, maybe yeah. it's a 2021 thing that this game comes to Switch. Like, that's kind of my, what my prediction is for it. I wonder if there's a technical reason for that, or if it's because, like, they assume people will buy it on home consoles, and then there's like, oh, well, I'd like it portably, too, and then also buy a Switch version later. I mean, that would, that would also be a smart move, right? Make people double dip. Yeah. But yeah Frank Furter writes in. Frank Furter writes in to patreon.com slash games and says, Good morning, Blessing Nimron. THPS 1 and 2 Remastered was just announced via Jeff Keighley and his glorified Google Calendar conglomerate Summer Games Fest. Tomorrow, Summer Games Fest is doing a special showcase, and depending on how you, how you reacted to today's news, tomorrow could be absolutely huge. I'm really trying to tame my hype uh, for it because if this is underwhelming, like the gameplay we got from Xbox, then it might blow up in Jeff's face. With Jeff saying that tomorrow will be one of the most important events for Summer, Game, uh, Summer Games Fest, what do you expect to see there? What announcement would make the event a success for as, hi- as much hype uh, as it's getting now? Thanks for all you do, Frank Furter. I've been thinking about this quite a bit because I've been seeing quite a few people hype up tomorrow on, twi- uh, on Twitter, right? And like, I feel like today, by comparison, you know, Jeff Kilo is very much pointing to like, oh yeah, I'm having a, there's going to be a trailer um, and I'm having a stream on, on Tuesday, right? And like, you know, we got Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, which is very exciting news. Makes me wonder like, all right, by comparison, the way that people are talking about tomorrow seems like it's going to be something bigger which makes me wonder like what that could be. I know like Batman is, is always like the go-to prediction, which I still... I I don't buy it. I don't buy that tomorrow's going to be Batman, but it makes me think, like, what else could tomorrow be? Going to refrain from speculating on this one. But, All right. Yeah. What, larger question, do you think this, like, scattershot thing works for E3? Like, like it's supposed for, to, like, for a lack of E3, I should say. Like, instead of just two weeks of concentrated announcements, it's a, like, okay, here's, here's one thing today, here's another thing tomorrow, let's we'll keep this up for three months. Because, like, Ubisoft announced a July thing, all that, like, yeah, we're, we're taking this on for a couple of weeks. Ask me again, let's say like late June, because right <laughs> right now it does feel kind of underwhelming, right? And we're just at we're at the start of it, right? And like we came off of Inside Xbox, which as an event was kind of underwhelming. This Tony Hawk Bro Skater news, very exciting, but I think like I won't really feel the effects of like, oh yeah, like this feels like in like E three quote unquote season until probably late June to where we've gotten at that point, a bunch of announcements right now. I feel like we're still at the, at the tipping point for, for everything. And so far I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you know, things seem all right, but I'm not at the point where I'm like wowed by anything by any means. Yeah. I, I have seen people like express disappointment about today, like that they thought today would be a big announcement or at least bigger than a Tony Hawk remaster. I'm like, I don't know. This would be the kind of thing you see a Tony Hawk remaster at, like a part of a sizzle reel in the Xbox conference, or Tony Hawk himself would come out and talk about it for a couple of minutes. Oh yeah, Tony and, Hawk's definitely coming out for that. Yeah, I mean, what else has he got to do? But exactly, he's doing kickflips. Yeah, he's doing. He's being the Birdman. He's but doing nine hundred. It's, it's. I don't think people should expect that much from any individual announcements. This is a way for people to outside of the context of E3, or to publishers outside of the context of E3, to get more attention for their games. And them... People being disappointed in that feels strange to me. They Expectations should be tempered a little bit because no one one single thing is going to blow your mind here. But in aggregate, it should all be technically bigger than E3. Yeah, and that's why that's again why I say, like, maybe ask me again towards the end of June, because I... 
I'm I'm curious to see like what announcement or if any announcement comes comes up that really like you know like knocks me out. You know, I, I wake up and Jet Force Gemini Two is announced, right? Like I'm I'm kind of waiting for that for for that moment, at least for me, right? Like I I I wonder what what that's gonna be or if there's gonna be that. And I imagine if there is, like, PlayStation is likely to do their event, right? Like, I imagine that's going to be big for them. I imagine they're going to want to come out with heavy hitters. Because if that event event is underwhelming, that then I feel like that's bad news for PlayStation and PS5. Um, and so, I like, I look forward to that as an event. I look forward to what Xbox has going on in June specifically uh, as a big event. And, like, Xbox first-party stuff going on in July. Like, those are really, like, the things that I have all eyes on. Um, but I'm at the same time, like I'm excited for the drip feed of daily or weekly announcements, however yeah. they may come. I just want good video game news again. It's been so long. Speaking of good video game news, story number five: Arnold Schwarzenegger is coming to Predator Hunting Grounds. I'm, uh, I'm pulling this from Jared Garrison, the chief creative officer of Ilphonic, who writes on the PlayStation blog. Uh, they put out a whole big uh, blog post here that says, "Today is probably one of the most exciting days for me personally." Again, this is Jared talking. It is my birthday for one. Happy birthday, Jared. And secondly, I get to talk about one of the biggest career highs of my life right here on this blog. I get to share with you what our first free update and first paid DLC are. We're bringing Dutch to Predator Hunting Grounds. Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger has reprised one of my favorite roles from childhood for this game. The game that Ilphonic has developed out of, out of love for the 87 Predator. To say my inner child cannot be contained is putting it mildly. Yes, I got to meet him. And yes, I think I kept my cool. We got to spend a, a day in sunny California recording with Arnold. And before you ask, Arnold is <laughs> Arnold truly is one of the nicest people I've ever, I've met in my lifetime. I love how the first two paragraphs of the story is very much like, uh, "Hey, I met Arnold Schwarzenegger," which is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> in order to make Predator Hunting Grounds the game we envisioned it to be, it had to include Dutch's story and bring him back into the universe. We have created two different items for the community in order to do this. The first is a free update available for all players who own the game. Players will be, will be able to learn where Dutch has been all these years and hear his story uh, in his own words through a series of voice tapes that you earn as you level up. The second is a paid DLC pack where you can play as Dutch and get early access to the QR5 Hammerhead Rifle and Dutch's Knife, available free for all players later in June. Getting the, getting the future Dutch uh, just right was so exciting for the entire team, creating the details, working with our partners to make make certain everything uh, fit together perfectly in the universe. And of course, working with the legend himself has been a dream come true. We cannot wait until you get access to both the free update and paid DLC on May 26th. Rest assured, the content doesn't stop with Dutch. We have some really, really fun stuff in store for the community. We have both free updates and paid DLC coming in in months ahead uh, that will keep you on your toes in the hunt and continue to make the game exciting for everyone. With the free updates, we plan to introduce new weapons, game modes, and more. We will share more as we get closer to each content drop. For the various paid DLC, you'll get access to more themed character packs. Uh, Dutch is just the beginning. Imran, that's the most exciting news of the day. (laughs) Uh, More Predator Hunting Grounds content i've been playing quite a bit of predator hunting grounds because kind of funny as a company has been playing a lot of predator hunting grounds Mm -hmm. and honestly like my big thing for the game especially like uh before this news was that like you know i've been enjoying playing it a lot with with friends but i've not necessarily felt compelled to kind of come back to it uh for for content by any means or like to level up online with randoms or anything like that this is actually this this content drop is actually kind of giving me hope in in terms of wanting to play it on my own and kind of come back to it and seeing what the story stuff is about i think that all sounds cool to me 
Um, did you ever jump into Predator Hunting Grounds, Imran? I haven't booted it up yet, no. Uh, that's what I was kind of confused by, like, the... My understanding of the game is it was, like, a multiplayer... Just a multiplayer thing. What do they mean by, like, introducing Dutch's story? Like, is there an actual story content to the game? No. It, I mean, it very much is, like, just 4v1 multiplayer rounds. The introducing Dutch's story is very much, like, they mentioned here, right, talking about um, as you level up, you're going to earn tapes. I imagine that, like, yeah, like... I, the way the way you level up is basically Call of Duty, right? Where you play matches and your meter fills, and you like level up, and you then unlock new items that way, and you lock unlock loot boxes, right? So it's like a competitive third person or competitive first person shooter, right? You level up that way. I imagine either in some of those loot boxes or just gradually, like maybe it's like one each level, you're just gonna get like a, a voice memo or or a voice tape that you can play that gives you Dutch's story, like mm-hmm. very much like a kind of a gimmicky thing, but. At the same time, I'm not opposed to it. Like, it seems kind of cool that they're able to get, like, original, I guess, Predator story for this game. That seems to be, like, a huge get for them on that side. Yeah. What kind of DLC would you want for this? Like, eventually they're going to run out of, like, Predator characters. Like, who would they... Would you want, like, a crossover DLC of somebody? Would you, like, want Ripley in there? As somebody who isn't like i'm not like a predator or like an alien person like that's not necessarily my jam i would love some crossover content right like if they're able to get like and honestly this is this is then in my mind crossing over with like friday the 13th or dead by daylight but if they're able to get like other monsters that aren't predator to come in and like hunt people like get like freddy krueger or something um like or or uh jason Voorhees or something like that like Mm -hmm you know that could be cool content for me but i feel like for for i feel like realistically we're gonna get just like predator content right like characters from the movies i saw nick and greg in in our slack we're talking about like like hopefully that will add topher grace which i don't know that reference i don't know if topher grace was in predator or if that's a different thing but you know there I, i think there's there is very much the expectation of hey like more just more uh content from predator is fine with the people that are enjoying this game yeah, I when I first saw the headline, like I've seen Predator, but the the name Dutch doesn't necessarily like immediately ring Predator to mind for me. So I saw like Dutch coming to Predator, I was like, from Red Dead, and my oh. mind immediately went to the idea of like, oh, that would be actually kind of cool. That would actually be that. pretty cool. I would yeah, play John be kind of this that. game. Yeah, honestly, I'll and and now I'm about to go on a tangent. I'll like like a Spider-Man skin for Predator or something like that, right? Because like. I'll, most of the game if you're playing as predator is just you hopping from tree to trees i I would love i would love for like you to just have like a spider-man outfit or something like that right like use those those sony first party connections uh make that happen um How is that but, in like an arkham game as a multiplayer mode of like batman oh hunting? yeah that seems so obvious hey man what we, we, don't, we don't know what wb is working on <laughs> it could happen maybe that's it rip off elphonic completely I know that people who are watching live likely missed this, but we already talked about the state of play, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, all that good stuff. And so if you want to check that out, go to the YouTube.com version of uh, Kind of Funny Games Daily. Watch the, the first story in the show. You'll get your fix for that. Um, but uh, Imran, new Predator content is so far away. <laughs> if I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software requests each and every platform is this by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host, each and every weekday. Before I get to out today, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor. This episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Hims. 
You've heard us talk about hymns and how they're helping guys look their best. If you haven't yet, it's time to see what they're all about. 66% of men start to lose their hair by age 35. Once you've noticed thinning hair, it can be too late. 4hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. It's time to write a new chapter, one in which you have hair. Kind of Funny's own Andy and Nick use hymns, and I can, I can tell you firsthand, they look incredible. They look amazing. And uh, that's in large part due to their amazing, luscious hair. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. These are prescription solutions backed by science. 4hims.com connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours, completely confidential and discreet. Answer a few quick questions a doctor will review, and if they determine it's right for you, can prescribe you medication to, to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. Right now, our listeners can get started with their first month free. Go to 4 slash games daily. Uh, that's 4 slash games daily. Prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Offer valid only prescribed three-month minimum subscription. Additional restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that's 4 slash games daily. Out today, we got uh, Jet Lancer for Switch, PC, and Mac. Star Wars Episode One Racer for Switch, which that's hype. Mm, I, 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 I might have to just... check that out delayed was it really episode one racer i believe maybe i'm wrong let i'll check on that yeah uh, let us know also kind of funny.com slash you're wrong i feel like it might have been I, I feel like it might have been one that got delayed from earlier it might have been delayed now? last night but let me oh yeah check on that because i want to know um hunt down is out for ps4 xbox one switch pc and mac thy sword is out for ps4 and vita excuse me <clears throat> world championship boxing manager is out for pc Murders in Space is out for PC. Racing Juke is out for PC. Halo 2 Anniversary is out for PC. And then Apex Legends Season 5 starts today. Uh, it includes a new Apex Legends character, Loba, who is seeking revenge against Revenant for killing her family. Uh, map changes where parts of King's Canyon, such as Skulltown, have sunk and others have risen up. The first ever season quest, The Broken Ghost, which sees players in search of nine pieces of a mysterious artifact as part of weekly hunts, alongside a total of 45 treasure packs you can find, one per day, in regular matches. Season 5 battle pass with 100 levels of new unlocks, uh, including legendary skins, apex packs, loading screens, and music packs, and ranked mode enters Series 4. And then new dates, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 has been announced for PS4, Xbox One, and Epic Game Store. It's releasing September 4th, 2020. What the Golf is coming to Nintendo Switch on May 21st. And then lastly, Iron Man VR has a date again. Of course, uh, this comes from PlayStation's Twitter. They tweeted today, we are pleased to announce Marvel's Iron Man VR release on July 3rd. Please look forward to more news in the coming weeks. That's all of these big hitters in the span of like a month. Yeah, man. Exciting stuff, uh, Kevin. Yeah. You can take me off of uh, this like one screen mode, the first person mode. You got you got Sorry going on here. Them, there we go. There's Emron. Uh, um, yeah. Episode one racer was delayed yesterday morning, so wow. it's now indefinite delay. Indefinite. Which, well, they didn't they didn't have a new release date. It's they said it's a work from home coronavirus thing. So uh, who knows when it's coming out? But I don't think it'll. The game is done, so I imagine it will take not that long. Unfortunate. I was I was legit maybe after this episode about to go download that because I want to relive my my love for episode one racer. Are you of course uh, planning to play Iron Man VR? I 
Yeah, I am. I mean, I, I, I'm on a PlayStation show, so I, I, I very much like, I want to for that show. But either way, like, you know, I love PlayStation VR. I'm, I'm a fan of Iron Man. Like, I'm definitely down. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely down for it. My, my thing is, I really hope it's not like, just like an on rails shooter. Or if it is, it's like, not. at least I, it feels robust. I played it. I'm not necessarily it's... like tried it out yet. It's pretty open. I was going to borrow Greg's move controllers for that game, but now I don't know what I'm going to do. And I have to buy move controllers, which seems insane at this point, but whatever. I'll figure it out. Hey, man, those the move controllers will take you like a, a long way. Like I got them. I, I bought two move controllers when I first got my PSVR and I made the mistake of getting the old versions that have like the, the mini USB because I got mm-hmm. them used. Um, and so now like I have a, a mini USB charger for no reason. Cause like, well, not for no reason, but like that only works with the with the PS PSVR uh, move controllers, which sucks. Um, but also like, you know, it's gotten me some good mileage, right? Like I've used those things quite a bit. I just know the second I investment. buy them, they're gonna be like, and now we've got new move controllers for a new PSVR too. They wouldn't do that. They, mm, they I think do they that. Would. I think I think it's likely, especially with my luck. Of course, you can write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and ask us questions just like Rough Fluff did. Uh, Rough Fluff writes in and says, Good morning, Blessing and well, they say Blessing and Tim, but I think they mean Blessing and Imran. Mm-hmm. Uh, with so many games over the past couple of years being teased out, uh, but taking three to four years to actually be, be shown, Elder Scrolls 6, Halo Infinite, uh, and building up impatience in their communities, is there a such thing as revealing a game too early? I. I mean, yes, impatience is a thing, but also it doesn't seem to have any actual effect on sales. Like games that take forever still do very well. I Final Fantasy VII remake took five years from the official official announcement to release, and that game sold three million copies in a week. So it's I I don't think publishers are wary of announcing things too early. It does kind of help to you know set expectations a little bit, but at the same time, like. Games are not that different from movies. You can... I could feasibly see a situation where someone stands up and says, like, here's our next slate for the next five years. Like, here's this game, this game, this game. Like the big Kevin Feige standing in front of the Marvel thing. Like, why not? What will be the big difference, really? I... See, I'm I'm of a, a mixed mind with it, where... I really like like the the short wait for certain games, right? Like that Fallout 4 uh reveal to release, like I treasure. Like I thought that was like an excellent way to do it because I don't necessarily love the idea of waiting for waiting for 5 years to get to get like Kingdom Hearts 3 or or Final Fantasy 7 remake. Like that always struck me as kind of obnoxious like but that you're long waiting wait. either way. You're like Yeah, but like I I feel like you kind of put yourself on a timer when you put that stuff out. Like for us in the know, like we Either way, we know that they're working on Elder Scrolls Six, right? Whether or not they revealed it with the, with their logo at their uh, E3 conference, right? Like we know Elder Scrolls Six is coming, but I feel like them revealing it then kind of puts them on a timer, especially for like people in comments and people on Twitter and people on social media kind of clamoring for more information for that kind of stuff. Like I'd rather just like get the reveal and then and then get the game, especially also with like I also like the idea of like a shroud of mystery you know around like a release like i really like the idea that you know i could get like like i like the idea of last is part two not necessarily having too much gameplay shown right and us kind of going into it with uh story trailers and stuff but not we like none of us really know well i guess some of us kind of know but for the most part none of us really know what like ellie's motives are right or what's mm-hmm. really going on in that game 
you know, that that to me seems like such a cool thing. And I know you can kind of balance it, right? You don't necessarily have to put out all that promo for a game. And you can also like still be open and on spell. Hey, we're working on Last of Us Part 2. But I don't know. I just don't like I just don't like the long wait, like put, being put on, on a timer like that. For me, it's always like it's an extra confirmation that a thing is coming. Like, let's say let's say you're the biggest F-Zero fan in the world. And you Nintendo right now has no announced F-Zero games. If they came out mm-hmm. tomorrow and said, we have an F-Zero game planned. It'll come out in 2024 because we got other priorities in the meantime. I would take that as a, like, at least they remember this game exists. At least that's on the docket somewhere. I, 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 with game development, I think it's much more weird and much more difficult because, like, if Nintendo came out right now and said, hey, we have an F-Zero game planned for 2024, I'd be like, I'll see that game in 2026. Like, <laughs> because game development, especially compared to to movie production, right, like, there's just so much more that can factor in and either go wrong or like scope can increase in a way where things get delayed in a way where like movie announcements, right? Like Kevin Feige comes out and talks about the movies for the next, like the Marvel movies for the next four years. I have, I mean, I don't have too much trust in that schedule, but I still have more trust in that schedule than like if, uh, if Sony first party came out and they were like, Hey, this is what PlayStation has going on over the next four years with like dates and stuff. Like I'd look at that and I'd be like, yeah, right. Like, I just don't believe it because video games just get delayed. But also, uh, all the Marvel way movies more. just got delayed, and they they just the entire schedule. We can yeah. assume that exact same thing happened with video games as well. We just don't know. Which I prefer. Like, <laughs> I I feel like you save yourself from heartbreak and from people complaining and from like, you know, like everything that comes with. Oh, hey, like, I mean, you know, the Marvel thing happened because of COVID, right? Like, Last of Us Part Two got delayed from February to to May back in back last fall the week after they announced the date right mm-hmm. like i feel like with video games there's just so much that can go wrong there's so many moving moving parts to where if you tell me a date like four years prior i'm just i i'm not inclined to believe it i even like no matter who tells me that like no matter who the publisher is no matter who, who the developer is like if you tell me a date four years beforehand i'm gonna be like all right we'll see like we'll see, we'll see how that comes along i think um, it, for me it's just a matter of like i've seen it all happen so much in this like around these times like whatever happens i'm like yeah okay sure i'll when it's in my hand when i'm playing it that's why i'm excited for it but if they announced early or they didn't announce early either way i'm i'll live yeah i i think that's i think that's you and me i feel like the wider audience like i i feel like it's it's harder for uh like just the wider gaming audience to kind of cope with things moving and shifting and being all over the place like i i I think that's that's more cause for people to kind of complain and get upset rather than yeah uh look forward to a thing i agree with that now it's time to squat up blake writes in to patreon.com so it's kind of funny games with the ps4 squad up uh, and says after waiting seven weeks for unemployment to finally start paying me after being laid off due to covid i i can finally buy a game i'm looking forward uh i'm looking for help in predator hunting grounds on ps4 after watching kf play uh play it through quarantine uh blake's psn name here is let's see here b adams 289 that is b adams b-a-d-a-m-s 289 on psn now it's time for kind of funny.com slash you're wrong where you let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong let's see here name of Bob is writing in about the star wars episode one racer delay which we clarified uh nanobology writes in and says, says breaking new date uh final fantasy 9 is now coming to game to game pass in two days it's may 14th Topher grace wasn't a third film title predator says mr yasman 300 
Oh, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, Topher Grace DLC. I'm down for it. And uh, he has a Spider-Man connection. So that makes sense if you want to bring a Spider-Man skin in. Oh, snap. See, it all works together. It all it all comes together. Uh Greg Miller writes in and says, uh in it says Greg Miller, and then in, it, right next to it says in parentheses, really. And so I assume it's the real Greg Miller. Uh, it says, Imran, I'll gladly drop off my office moves contro- move controllers to you. Also, blessing, Herman answered me about mac and cheese, <laughs> which is really exciting. Actually, I'm excited to check that out after this, this show. Uh, Zanfir says, don't forget about the Batman Arkham Origins uh, multiplayer mode. It was 3v3v2, where three players are part of Joker's gang, three in Bane's gang, and two, pl- two players are playing as Batman and Robin. Okay, that does sound kind of like like I would want to see the exact kind of Asymmetric. same thing. Yeah, but that does sound kind of like what I was talking about. Did you ever play Gotham City Imposters? I did play Gotham City Imposters. It's surprising. I, it was surprisingly good. I I wasn't feeling it, but I like admired its audacity just to exist as a game. Like I remember it coming out and being like, "This is a free to play." It was free to play, right? I'm not making that up. I think it became free to play at some point. I don't think it started that way. Because I definitely paid, or I definitely played it, and I definitely didn't pay for it. So it either had a demo or, or it was free to play. But I remember playing it and being like, "Wow, they really made a Batman shooter like arena game." Like I can't believe this thing exists. <laughs> also, like I'm not necessarily loving it, but like I just admire the fact that like it's here. You know, you yeah. gotta expect the the tenacity. It's better than you would think it would be. I should say. Tomorrow's hosts go like this. It's a uh, grin and uh, grin. Greg and Tim, they're reunited, uh, and so be on the lookout for that. Remember, Gamescast is recording on Patreon Live this Thursday. The topic, the topic is, what's the value of a $60 game? And of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday, live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you the nerdy news we need, you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level, patreon.com slash Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.